I'm ready to talk about some Taekwondo fighters and their yummy penises. <laughs> Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast, episode 38, a select button, button, gaiden podcast. I don't know why I enunciate that so much. Every week, we select three games at random. It's not every week, it's every two weeks. And you get to vote on which one we play. This time, we're playing Taekwondo. Uh, It's a Super Nintendo game. We'll be discussing it using the four standardized metrics for scoring a video game, which are, of course, vanity, gun, investigation, and revelation. I'm your esteemed host and extremely aggressive footsie enthusiast, Vasilcania, and today I am joined by... I am Tulpa, the destroyer of balls, the puncher of junk, the wrecker of testicles. I'm Automatic Tiger, I play music in a band while practicing Taekwondo, and I'm pretty bad. Hi, it's me, Ramona, I'm back, I'm here to kick a man's ass. Also, Tulpa, I'm gonna have to sign your DMs later. <laughs> Salut, je m'appelle Haché, and I promise this will be the last French that I speak. Not for me. This is Rudy, uh, certified green belt in Taekwondo as of 23 years ago. Wait, seriously? Yes. Amazing. You got How that high is green belt? Uh, about six months when you're nine. <laughs> uh, you know, Taekwondo is terrific for keeping in shape, but it's also a deadly serious killing system. It's Shrug, or as some people call me, Ocean Master. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> oh, calls me God. that. No one's ever called I me will. Ocean Master. I'm going to start calling you Ocean Master 100% of the time. All right, so... We play Taekwondo. I'm just going to read the giant bomb description to start because it's better than what I would write. So Taekwondo is a Super Famicom title that was released exclusively in Japan and South Korea in 1994. The game is based around the Korean martial art of Taekwondo, featuring realistic techniques and tournament rules. It features 19 fighters with their own special moves and players are also given the option of creating their own custom fighters. The game can be played in either Japanese or Korean. I think that's really interesting because there's not a ton of games that do that. So um, anyway, this is my description again. Uh, Taekwondo was developed and published by Human Entertainment. They showed up on this podcast before when we played Clock Tower, which really couldn't be more different. Uh, On a more relevant note, they also produced the Fire Pro Wrestling series of games until 1999, which I think we'll kind of get into some of the similarities there. You know, I haven't played any, but, you know, I can guess it's it's relatively similar in some ways. Um, So, yeah, that's where... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and uh, at least one other game that I know this podcast is a real big fan of. Clock Tower 2. Clock Tower, the first fear. Clock Tower... Two, Sorry, the I was second first fear. Chester Cheetah's <laughs> Wild Wild Quest. <laughs> what are you talking about? Clock Tower uh, Idle Clicker for iOS. Clock Tower <laughs> Abyss. The film Phenomena. <laughs> Is it okay to meet girls in a clock tower? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> We're not going to get anything better than that. 
Continue. Nope. I can't believe my little sister is a clock tower. <laughs> oh, fuck. This is funny, good one. funny, that ain't no clock tower. That's my wife. <laughs> okay. I asked everybody to M play it out. I am looking for clock tower smashing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I asked everybody to play an hour of Taekwondo, not Clock Tower. How long did you play and how far did you get? I played for two hours on stream just now, right before the podcast. So this game is fresh in my blood and bones. And I uh, was facing off against Blade in, I assume, the final tournament of the game because Blade was there. I played for an hour with Kania, and an hour on my own. I played a couple of hours by myself, and then I played a bunch with Rudy last night. Um, I've also played many, many hours of Clock Tower. I played a couple hours, uh, including about 20 minutes where my wife and I decided to try two-player. I, um, I don't know if you've heard this before, but I played... Uh, about an hour with uh, Ramona uh, and then uh, I also did an hour on my own um, and I got to the final tournament I think also with Blade but I made the mistake of, of playing the story mode in Japanese I played it in Korean so I couldn't tell you <laughs> how far I got why did you do that? <laughs> You're the only one who could have told us what this game so, was. So you could be on the same level as all of us. So we'd be on equal footing <laughs> and no one would be superior, right? Yes. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I like to step away from the superior Nihongo to, you know, see, oh, see the common languages. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so obviously I played about an hour, uh, an hour with Tiger, but I played maybe... 30, 45 minutes on my own, but I also, when I was like 14 or 15, played maybe about 10 hours of this game online on the old, now defunct zbattle.net. Uh, I love this game. I played through the first couple brackets, a single player, and ways through the third bracket. I watched Tulpa play for a while. I witnessed... Tulpa's shame getting creamed over and over again by Shun, and I just want to note that I destroyed Shun. I knocked them out. First try has nothing to do with my choice of characters. It was raw skill. Your weakness is disgusting to me. <laughs> oh my god. Holy hey, shit. I won eventually. I love the sense of camaraderie um, and teamwork on I'm this podcast. I'm sorry that I said that to you. It was... A movie quote for it was it's a movie about taekwondo. I can't just let that sit there. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'll probably never watch that movie again. I think it has some very bad jokes. What this? Movie? I I'm sorry. That's my favorite movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to know what movie. what movie is about taekwondo. Is the movie also way. called Taekwondo? It's the Foot Fist Way. It's, uh, it's a Danny McBride joint early in his career. It's about him being a huge stupid asshole, as usual. And he's a Taekwondo instructor. 
Well, he really go. took a twist later in his career from playing a huge asshole to being a huge asshole. <laughs> yeah, so the joke of the movie is that he's a huge, stupid asshole who's full of himself. But also Taekwondo, I... Oh, I, I, I do want to mention, I've, I'm looking a little bit deeper into human entertainment. They also produced Monster Party on the NES, which is interesting. A uh, classic. Yeah, right? The, they, I guess they developed. I don't know if they produced or published it, whatever. They also did uh, Laplace's Demon, Laplace No Ma, which is like Laplace. a... Huh? I didn't. Okay, it just occurred to me. I have absolutely no idea how it's pronounced, and I was going to say I think it's pronounced this way. It's like no one's ever said that out loud to me before. So Laplace, Laplace, Lape, Laplace, Laplace. <laughs> this La is Place. all part of greater plan to draw Hache greaterly insane. Laplace, <laughs> Rafarasu Noma. Oh God! All right, so. I just, yeah, all right, we're going to move on to our first Just we bus station. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Carlos Molesti. Le petit. Le (laughs) Shrug died. (laughs) Yeah, Roland Ars will do that to you. (laughs) <laughs> we did very well in World War II and get a bad rap for it sometimes. Hey, hey, no one was prepared for the, the Germans to go around the Maginot Line. No one. Do you think the A on my forehead stands for France? They just weren't fucking ready. <laughs> All right, we're going to move. We're gonna, we have to get into our first topic before we can do any more podcasting. All right, so we're going to do they our first didn't topic. I think it was conceivable oh, to move that much armor across that terrain. That fast. <laughs> this is gotta be a record. Welcome to the history cast starring Shrug. Nobody yeah. could conceive of it at the time. It was a whole new paradigm in warfare. You can't really blame the French leadership for that. No, you can't. And you can't blame the French leadership for our first topic, which is, of course, vanity. talk about how this game looks how it sounds how it is on the eyeballs and the other nerve endings and etc um this game looks good i they, it, it, just to set it up it's a 2d fighter wow <laughs> um <laughs> you punch people you kick them uh that's really it but because there's really only one th- th- there's 19 fighters but they all look the same from the neck down so there's really go. only yeah. They're all the same sprite. Yeah, they're all the same sprite. So they actually put a lot of work into that sprite. It looks very good. Um, and for a game that's focused on realism, it makes sense. They're very Bun. good buns. <laughs> Best buns on the SNES. Buns on demand, too. Like, Absolutely. I very much appreciate... Detail to those perfect peaches. Like, you can look at those buns whenever you want. Yeah, just hit. You, all you have to do is hit the R button, and then you got the buns. Truly, truly a gluteus maximus. Am I right? <laughs> oh, God, we're on a real roll here with the worst jokes that have ever been told. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, like the only difference between the the fighters is their faces. Sometimes 
but they all have their own portraits, so that's good. And the uh, color of their, I don't know, Taekwondo robe. What do you call that? I think it's still called a gi. Is it a gi in, in Japanese? Right? Yeah, but I, I, I am not an expert. As an expert, uh, uh, pretty certain just in Japanese culture, it's still be a gi, which this is a Japanese game, so. Mm-hmm. But it's also a Korean game. In Korean, it's gi. Dabuk. Yeah, that's right. Oh, nice. Also, known as a gi. Nice. Okay, but what do they call in Ren McNally? Oh, God. (laughs) All right. So, (laughs) what did we think about the a uh, warfighter uniform? Oh fuck! What did we think about the (laughs) graphics and the music and the vanity of this game, folks? The music was pretty cool. It got me really pumped. Yeah, the music kind of rocks. Let's talk about Neopiz. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to post that in the chat. Anyway, uh, graphically, yeah, it looks cool. Um, musically, I felt was fairly generic, but that's that kind of goes with the territory with human games of this era. They all look great. Most of them play really well, but sound-wise, they're just kind of forgettable. It's kind of low on variety. I mean, you, you kind of have only like the same arena other than like a different colored mat. And there's the one dojo space for like the tutorials, which is like it's the same arena, but there's no crowd. There's a there are a few different arenas as you play through single player mode. Yeah, you can kind of see in the screenshots. I mean, it's. It's the same crowd with a different palette, but it does have like different barriers. Um, if you scroll up, like there's like the wood barrier. There's one that it looks kind of like concrete. I don't know what the fuck that is. It's like, um, a, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, it's, it's, like it's, a, it's light enough. I didn't even notice it going through the yeah. different tournaments. Same, it's, same. Yeah, kind of a I, brutalist thing going on there. I feel like there's uh, like they really focused on making the one part of the game look extremely good, and that is your fight man's fright. And just like made sure everything else was like unobtrusively like not particularly detailed. Well, and I, depending on where you are, uh, or at least for story mode, it seems like if you do multiplayer, it's the same stage everyone over. But like depending on the story mode, um, uh, like the, some of the uh, background sprites are different. So we have one shot with with uh, the uh, either Pyongyang. There's there's definitely Pyongyang stage, but maybe also a Seoul stage where the there's a women in the traditional Korean dress, which I don't know the name of. Um, and then there's also the American jacket guy, like the evil can evil American jacket guy for the American stage. Yeah. So there's like the backgrounds are, there's a, a little bit of differentiation, but nothing on the level of like a street fighter where it's completely different. It's all very similar. And like this, and the, Oh, go ahead. The, den- the density of the crowd increases as you go on. Ah, of course. Stakes are higher. Tournament is more important. Knees weak, arms yeah. are sweaty, mom's spaghetti. <laughs> I didn't even notice that, but yeah, looking at these early screenshots, you're right. The the early crowds are like, what the fuck? Who cares about this? This is some idiot versus some moron. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, I think this really illustrates why I think this is kind of a spiritual like sibling to humans work in wrestling, say, because like there's a lot like on the surface level, a lot of this stuff looks kind of generic, but there's a lot of very small detail to make this feel like an authentic experience. Nevertheless. Yeah. And I think that that's, this seems really to be what they were going for 
is authenticity, no matter, you know, whatever that means on a Super Nintendo. But like, you know, they, they wanted to recreate that feeling. So it's like you're not going to be doing Taekwondo on the streets of Tokyo or in like a Russian missile silo. You're going to be on a place with a big mat and a referee and a bunch of people looking at you in in benches. That's it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think what's weird about that is that this is so clearly a post-Street Fighter 2 game, and it's kind of trying to bridge the gap between the more simulation-y wrestling stuff they did and the aesthetic of a Street Fighter-y game. Yeah, like, notably, if you're not familiar with Fire Pro Wrestling, I think the first game came out on the uh, Famicom in, like, 1989 or something like that. So this is... No! No! Oh, tell me, tell me, tell me. Wrong. I, you have the Fire Pro expert in the podcast. Let me let me educate. It, uh, it came out on the, the Fire Pro expert has logged on. It came out on the Virtual <laughs> Boy in two thousand and six. It was a very late. Warren <laughs> uh, right. was the headliner and was on the box part. <laughs> Together, air with the Randy Savage. I believe what? Fire Pro Wrestling came out on the 3DO, and it was originally all right. A porn we're game. all we <laughs> we all have to shut up and let Ramona talk. <laughs> the first FMV wrestling all of game us. <laughs> in full 3D. Shrug, we record your alternate history podcast later. <laughs> so tell me about Fire Pro Wrestling, please. Ramona. Okay, you are so the expert. The, the first one was yeah, I believe '89 on the PC engine. Um, before that, they did work on pro wrestling on NES, but not under the human name. Um, but yeah, they started on PC engine that eventually moved over to super Famicom. And then obviously like PlayStation and Saturn and Dreamcast and PS2 and PC very recently. Please read my article on PCGamer.com where I talk about fire pro wrestling and its community. Yeah, do it. It's a good one. Um, and if you've played so, Fire Pro Wrestling on the PC, you've probably seen Ramona's work in the workshop. Hey, oh, including the clock tower, the scissor boy, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, scissor man. Oh, anyway, I did want to um, make a quick point that um, there is like a sort of aesthetic similarity between this and Fire Pro in the sense that you are fighting in like the same arena, but like with that series it's like the rings are a different color they have different logos and things like that but you'll be fighting in like the same like four maybe five arenas and taekwondo works in a similar way so they had a lot of practice making tired sweaty boy sprites yeah and also um they both reuse a lot of the same sprites as well so you can really, really, really fucking finesse those heaving chests, <laughs> those puffing cheeks, those tensing hams. Those chests do heave a good way. Yes, you, you can really yeah. feel the exhaustion in these sprites. These boys get so tired. They really do. Like, that's actually an important thing about the aesthetic of this game is that there's no, there's nothing showing you stamina, um, which is probably the single most important number to know, and there's no way to know it. Uh, but it shows on the sprite. Your character goes from ready to punch to 
boy, this is hard to, I am going to fall over if I don't concentrate. Like, <laughs> so that's the, uh, that's the only way of knowing, but I think you really only get to the tired state when you're at about 50%. So there's a huge gap between 150 where you really don't know where you're at, which is really interesting mechanically, but vanity-wise, yeah, they look tired as hell. And also Fire Pro would later take that mechanic for their later games. Oh, that's really interesting. I figured that was already in Fire Pro, and this was sort of an expansion of that. So it's kind of interesting that this was maybe where it first showed up in human entertainment history. I believe so, because up until that point, their wrestling games, they would only, um, you wouldn't really know for sure um, how hurt or how tired you were. Um, up until the last Super Famicom game where they would show like damage, like if their arms were messed up, they would like their arms would like be at their sides instead of up. And then for like the 32-bit era, then they introduced the fatigue mechanic. And I think it may have started here. That's awesome. Because the dawn I, of the sweaty boy. I can't, I can't think of any other like because I know human. They do a lot of other sports games, but I can't think of any that have like fatigue mechanics. Though I mean, if their tennis games did, that would probably be both good and bad. Well, when you're dealing with the deadly serious killing system like Taekwondo, you have to render that it with that kind of fidelity to the toll it takes on the human body. Otherwise, it's irresponsible. Amazing. <laughs> I, I want to talk that about. It can bear. Oh, God. I'm oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Serious. What needs to be taken serious? You should interrupt me more, probably. <laughs> I think the, the yeah, menu aesthetic was really cool. Sorry about that. Uh, can you go again? I think the menu aesthetic was really cool. Yeah. Like, Rudy brought this up. When you, there are certain options when you hit them, they're like wooden boards and they break. Like, it's really nice. It has this nice ka-clunk sound effect. I, I, I really like that. Well, as someone with uh, six months Taekwondo experience 23 years ago, I will say that uh, that that's pretty accurate since the first day of, of quote-unquote class. I did have to break a board. So if a if a 50-pound four, fourth grader can break a can break a board, I think anyone can. Yeah, that's, you know, if... Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so you're breaking boards just to proceed in this game, which is fun. And it breaks when you win. It'll like I, I don't know what the uh the symbol means. I assume it means like you won. I don't fucking know. But it's neat. I would love to talk about the sound effects because I think and I'm gonna play a clip after I say this. I think that the punching and kicking sounds are fantastic, even though they don't sound like necessarily punching or kicking, maybe would in real life or even in a movie. It has a real impact to it. But then my wife heard it and said, that's gross. It sounds like farts. So I don't know what to think of them now. I, I thought that he sounded fantastic. I thought like the first thing I heard, thought when I was like playing the game was like, these impacts feel like just very physical thanks to the uh, sound effects. Like, it feels very... Like, like slapping a steak on a wooden table. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, just a strong man ripping a cabbage in half. 
Because like if if you've ever been in a real fight or even in a martial art where you've done sparring, actual like body part contact does not sound all that exciting. Yeah, like it isn't. I mean, I would think the, you know, if you're really hitting somebody, more noise might be made by the person actually, you know, vocalizing their pain than the actual thing happening, right? I think the noises you make when you just punch and don't make impact are supposed to be the sounds of your nautagi snapping in the air or something. <laughs> Mmm, a good crisp gee snap. Farting, <laughs> farting in the air. The sound effects are good, um, but I think they might actually be reused. I, I swear Ooh. I'm not going to spend the whole podcast talking about Fire Pro. It's just, I don't believe you. It's just that's Human's <laughs> flagship series, so I imagine they would use like similar like Foley artistry in terms of their sound effects because... They're both games about uh, two big guys hitting each other over and over again. Sweaty man contact. So I'll say that um, <clears throat> as far as the sound design goes, um, since I, I did compare between the Japanese and Korean, uh, there's a completely different uh, sound effect set for the uh, for the ref, which I guess is the only audible voices. But like, to, I thought it was really impressive to have gone through that effort so that uh, the ref calls in both languages are unique. Oh, that's, you know, I thought about that and I, and then I, I never actually changed the language to find out if that was true. So I'm glad that you, you looked into that. Yeah, that is pretty impressive because voice samples, they weren't exactly rare by the Super Nintendo period, but and they weren't common either. So to have different voice samples for all the ref calls is, yeah, that's pretty cool. Speaking of regional differences, it was interesting. Interesting to see that, like, what, all of the character names on the character select screen are either in Japanese or Korean when you select them, but in the actual game, they use, uh, well, I don't really know the right English letters, Roman letters, Romanji, like, whatever you would call that. Um, so you can actually read the names in English, and they are different names in different regions. I think that what you're seeing, because when you when you create a fighter, and we'll get into what that means later, but you can create a fighter, you have to give them two names, one in Japanese or presumably Korean if you pick Korean. And then uh, one pro tip, pro tip. You can actually set an English name for both of them if you scroll down oh. all the way during the first <sighs> name selection. Fuck. Okay, so the critical name that appears during character select and on the wooden boards, and then the other English name is what appears uh, during the match. And I, according to the FAQ, that's their school name instead of their name name. So you've got a school, and then you've got a name of the actual person. The first one is the school name. That's what the FAQ said. The FAQ was written in like 1994 by somebody who avowedly did not speak Japanese. So I don't know, uh, but it is weird. That was no, it's definitely like a, it's definitely a, a name name. Oh, what the fuck then? I don't know. That's weird. I don't know why you said two. That, that FAQ was generally quite questionable. It kind of was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it said that one of the modes was a free fight against the sensei, but none of the training modes were a free fight at all. Oh, weird. So, th for some reason, the uh, the Korean, if you put the language in Korean, you, as as from my screenshot, the names go completely mad with I don't know what. Wait, those are the built-in names? Yes. Yeah. What? Ms. Chang? 
GSM? Okay, that's weird as hell. <laughs> like, yeah, they have a fighter named Chisholm. They named the character after Com. Very lewd oh video God. game. See, I was just thinking it was kind of odd they had a guy who obviously wasn't supposed to be Excuse Korean. Excuse me, G-I-S-M is uh, also, it's still Jism, but that's a hardcore punk band from Japan from the 80s. Well, it's still so Jism, clearly though. this is Gothic an entire punk band in a gi. That's what it stands for. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> I, I was just saying that, like, uh, one of the guys is named Rennie, and uh, he doesn't appear to be Korean. Like, I guess he could be Korean or Japanese, but I don't think he did. He is, because uh, he, he has darker skin and stuff. You know, I'm not saying people like that don't exist. I'm just saying, with the name Rennie, I kind of assumed he was supposed to be from elsewhere in the game. In, in the uh... Brazil. Brazil, okay. So he's yeah, from Brazil. The tournaments uh, seem to mostly take place in South America, so. that make, I think that makes sense from what little I know of Taekwondo in real life. Um, but what was interesting about that is he was called, like, Quayach or something in the Korean version, as opposed to Rennie. Wild. Why? Why, why, why? I'm very interested to know what Edge and Blade were translated into on the Korean version. Oh, uh, Edge was, I actually, I can't remember. It was a word that looked like an actual Korean word to me, although I don't know Korean, so... I guess Rennie's name could be actual Korean, too. It was just odd that he got one, and I kind of figured, like, maybe Edge was just, like, actually translated, since it was more of a, you know, fake name as opposed to someone's actual given name. So it could just be, like, the the Roman alphabet spelling of the Korean word for Edge. Yeah, but I don't know Korean, so I can't make any definitive statement. That was just my assumption, but I could be totally wrong, and it doesn't explain Rennie at all. If you know Korean, and you can tell us what Edge is in Korean, write us at snes at snes.zone. snes.zone. I'll get it, and I'll read it later. And I'll love you forever. Uh, What else do we have to say on the vanity? I... Okay, I say this once a podcast. I feel like I had something to say, and I forgot it. So somebody else talk. <laughs> Can we just talk about that particular shade of teal on the one tournament location that is just really kind of but ugly? Yeah, the the garish colors on the mat in like the like the last screenshot that Rudy just sent. That's a lot. It's a lot. I find it calming. Like a hospital waiting room. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not calming at all. All right. Um, anything else? It's like a placid lagoon off the south. Pacific. Take it to the next zone, please, Basil Kenya. I play <laughs> Chilling out and doing big old Taekwondo deadly killing kicks. Please. All right. Our next topic is placid lagoon. No, our, our next topic, we're going to move on to vanity, is, of course, Gun. Distracting uh, back. Wait, did, did we not talk at all about the characters' sprites being so? Gosh, calamity? dang it, Tulpa! 
Wait, the character sprites being what? Yeah, we mentioned that. It's we... so well animated. Yeah, no, we, we kind of went over it, I think. Okay, and okay. their buns and their we hot buns. Well, they've got hot buns, but they also have animation smears when they kick people. To make their kicks look really fast. They do have good... They're good. The graphics are, on the fighters are good. Vanity That's my over. final word on graphics. <laughs> the fucking ties on their not geese because it's Taekwondo. They fucking move around. They're not in place. They move. They jostle. <laughs> they jostle. And, and it has a huge mechanical function, which we'll learn in our next topic, which is gun. I lied. It doesn't have a huge mechanical function, but let's They remind talk. you to punch them in the dick. Punch them in the dick, because that's a big thing. So, <laughs> um, guns, there's not a lot of punching. Yeah, this is mostly a foot fencing game. Like, there's a lot of... And if you watch, like, real Taekwondo, that seems to be the case for real Taekwondo as well. Is like, you kind of test people out with your feet until... Uh, which sounds very sexually charged, but it's not. Um, you t- and then they, uh, you know, you kind of respond to that and stuff like that. And you get points if you get in with your foot, but very little punching. Um, and that's... This is a great opportunity to explain the basic rules of Taekwondo. In this game... And this isn't 100% accurate, but in this game, basically, you get two minutes to get as many points as possible. Uh, you get one point for a body hit, I think. Two points for hitting someone in the face. Three points for hitting somebody while you're in the air. And then five points for a couple of things. You can get five points for knocking somebody down. You can get five points for knocking somebody out of the arena. I think that's it. Was there anything else you get five points for? I don't think so. Um, the counter. Yeah, oh, counter the counterattack. Yes, yeah, so counterattacks, yeah, they, they stop. And every time something like getting knocked down, getting pushed off the mat happens, they stop the match, and you, st- you essentially you start over again, but the timer has, is continuing to count down. So it, it's kind of interesting. If s- somebody gets knocked down five times, they lose when the timer runs, w- regardless of points. When the timer runs out, you count the amount of points that everybody had, and whoever has the most points wins. If there's a draw, you just do it all over again. Uh, oh, and in this game, you can lose from a knockout. So if you are extremely low on stamina and you get hit enough times, you're out. You don't have to get knocked down five times. It could just be once, but you're so, you blacked out. <laughs> sometimes you can knock someone out uh when like the match like just starts it it seems kind of random whether like a full knockout or just knocking them down full knockout i think there's a statistical Whoa. chance of knocking someone out if you hit them in the head that goes up as they get more tired it definitely seems like bad things can happen if you are countered and you're moving and get hit like that's the easiest way to just sort of like eat a punch to the face and go down quickly and if you hit someone in the junk they will go down uh even quicker that does seem to be the case like you can really fuck people up by hitting them in the crotch over and over although i I tend to prefer hitting them in the head crumple over like a wet newspaper they become powerless and it's it's super interesting. This game, I I want to talk about like what it presents to you first, and then we can kind of talk about I think what it doesn't present to you. But what it presents to you at first 
are six statistics. You've got attack, you've got defense, you've got speed. Those all pretty much make sense. You've got stamina, and that's how, like, your stamina goes down every time you hit, every time you jump. I think when you block, um, everything reduces your stamina, essentially. So stamina can be really important. Balance. So there is a chance that you will jump and kind of wobble when you land. And if you get hit while you're wobbling, you'll get knocked down. You can also wobble if you're doing a little back dash or sometimes if you just get hit enough. So balance is really important. Then there's technique. Not 100% sure what this does, but I think the higher your technique, the more critical hits you get, the more knockdowns you get, the more like you hit more accurately and therefore you're doing better in that way. Um, so that's what it presents to you. Each of the fighters has sometimes very different statistics. They're split into six different categories. I'm not going to name all because it's boring. But um, yeah, so those are, are really what is presented to you. And they are extremely, extremely important. I tend to prefer there's one character who has really high stats on everything except stamina is all the way down at one. That's because the way I play, I just block everything and then I do a bunch of hits and then I block everything. <laughs> like that's, that's my way of doing it. I just conserve stamina. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of an intro. I, I don't know where to go from there, but. But it's, I don't know. How did you, how did you all find, like, how did you find playing the game? Did it feel like a regular fighting game? Or were there, like, major differences? Was it closer to a wrestling game? Like, what was the general feel of this? It if feels so. weirdly like Fatal Fury for the Sega Genesis. There, I'm done with the podcast. Goodbye. If, <laughs> it feels like a combination of... uh really early Fatal Fury and uh, a wrestling game in the way that uh, uh, this is a much more stats-driven game than uh, than fighting games typically are. Like, the movesets are not particularly different between characters. There are differences, but they're not, like, the focal point of play. Yeah, I was going to mention that, that the, the, the characters supposedly have different stats and uh, different movesets, but in all honesty with my with with what i've experienced i could not i could not intuitively notice those differences like i, I didn't notice if i chose chose a different character it didn't feel like my playstyle really changed that much um as far as the japanese internet goes i have at least three links that three different blog posts that mentioned that the uh uh lee which is white gi big big white headband is the best character uh, I played as Lee, and the character that gave Tulpa the most trouble in their stream, I, like, blew through in one, in one go, just basically steamrolled them by being super aggressive. So, and I'm pretty bad at video games most of the time. My weakness disgusts myself. Uh, so take what you will out of that, I guess. Yeah, it sounds like, like it does seem like there are major differences between the characters. The character I had most difficulty fighting against, uh, you can play as, apparently, uh, Shun. Uh, apparently that character's entire deal is that they are very strong and fast, but uh, they have no stamina at all, which is very noticeable in fights, and that's eventually what I had to like take advantage of in order to win, is just like turtle until they couldn't stand up anymore. 
Yeah, and I I always play as Shun because I like that that way of playing. Because if you just the the way that the computers play, they're extremely aggressive most of the time, and uh, you can just let them tire themselves out by dodging and blocking and then occasionally countering like if they're in the air they're extremely easy to counter that's one thing that's really different from many fighting games jumping in this game is useful to get points it's not tremendously useful for actually uh playing frankly because i disagree easily blocked i feel like you can be easily blocked it uses a lot of stamina and you can immediately counter because there's a landing animation (laughs) i played a jump master i played someone who was master of the jump and if i was not punching someone in the dick then all i did was do jumping spin kicks the entire time to get instance like knockdowns on everyone (laughs) to to be fair playing a shun means that i don't jump because it uses up all my fucking stamina um so when i played this i did not think of it like a fighting game or even like a wrestling game just the way that you had to um manage your stamina and um play defensively in addition to like yeah uh, being able to respond to your opponent it kind of felt more like the modern day ufc games uh which if anyone has played those you'll know exactly what i'm talking about um, you know, you can't just go in and, and button mash, and you also just can't um, turtle and block and hope for the best either. You gotta, you gotta really mix it up. And also, there's uh, much like in those games, Taekwondo has the random chance of like being knocked down immediately as well. Completely turtling, you know, just holding back. You're going to get knocked out of the thing. Eh, knocked out of the arena. Yeah, I- because there's no yeah, that is true. wall. I mean, and you don't also, die or anything, but fucked and, up in and my Also, opinion. there's um, there are attacks that can block a, a character's blocking um, forward and B when you're in close range. Oh, interesting. I couldn't quite get the special moves to ever really work. Um, that is one thing. So, the edit mode is really informative in terms of what goes into a fighter so you get a certain amount of points so okay edit mode lets you build a character so you get to pick a color of gi and a face or something and then it lets you assign statistics and then it goes through a whole process of letting you choose what moves you have assigned to what button and there are two sets of moves for each button there's long range and there's short range and so you get to set up all of those so that's there's a a limited pool of moves um, but they are actually different for each button. So it's not like there's 12 moves and you're assigning them to the button, whatever. It's like Y always has this set of four moves. X always has this set of three moves. B has these six moves, you know. So it's kind of interesting. There's a relatively large pool of moves. In practice, they don't seem to make that much difference. <laughs> um, yeah, they don't make much difference, but I want to at least praise the way the edit mode and that sort of characterization is set up and that it's not just a... In any other game of this era, probably be just be a set of menus, but that it actually lets you test each move before and then see how it performs is uh, like just really good user friendliness. Yeah, like it. As soon as you pick a move, the sensei shows it to you, 
And so you get to see what it is. So it's pretty cool. And then I, I, I say that there's not much difference. There are moves that I consider bad. Like they have a lot of wind up time and then their reach maybe isn't tremendous anyway. So it's like, you know, there's, there's trade-offs for, for all of these different things. There are moves that have served different purposes and you can build a bad character. Um, but edit mode is also really instructive in how important the stats are because you start with so few points and it's so fucking hard to get anywhere in the single player with one of these edit mode characters. This game feels extremely fast to me for the era. Um, maybe I was just used to playing, uh, like, you know, shitty Sega Genesis ports of Fatal Fury. Um, that's my strongest memory from, for, um, home console ports of fighting games. But, uh, your little Taekwondo man is really fast and they can snap moves out really fast and fucking maul you. Yeah, hard to get good. There's so many opportunities where, like, never get good. You get like told that someone counterattacks you, and he didn't even see the animation of you attacking in the first place when it happens. Yeah, so it's like you hit a button and then you got counterattacked. <laughs> so I want to ask, um, since we mentioned special moves, and I saw that in like the FAQs, at least in the Jap- Japanese ones I found. But what what did those look like? Like, I, I is that like when like I get, when I would get like super comboed in like a, a bruta- brutality sort of fashion. No, that was just me mashing the Y button. Um, the actual <laughs> special moves. It's just like one that I figured out was um, it's like a very high kick that goes almost straight in the air, has no horizontal range. It feels like an anti-air, but this isn't like a traditional fighting game, so I'm not really sure how useful an anti-air would be in a game like this. And based on the fights I had with Rudy, not very. I've I've had some pretty good success with some of those higher kicks. Not that particular one, because that feels more like a hammer kick that you want to just like get someone in the head. But uh, like, there are some really good anti-air kicks for just like doing a little pot shot to take out someone just jumping into you. But usually you have to be in like the, the flower stance for that. It well, see, I've like... seen ones that about doing like a, a, a fireball motion and why. Yeah, the I could not get any of that to work. The fireball motion and why is just a sort of high snap, quick high snap kick, kick to somebody's head. It's nothing particularly flashy. It's, I think I wasn't like sitting there closely comparing the animations or anything, but it seemed like it's one of the, uh, what do they call it? Flamingo pose kicks, except you don't have to go into a flamingo pose. You can just snap it right out. And not all characters have flamingo pose. Like the character I played went into, uh, a punch mode, uh, when I held down the, uh, uh, flamingo pose button. Yeah, that's an option that you can set when you're creating the characters, and the FAQ described that as a taunt, but all it does is just trigger the tired animation, and it's like, yeah. it always does like one, so like if you're already tired, it'll do the next animation down, but I couldn't, I could not determine what the benefit of it was at all. Faint. It's a it, faint. It lures your opponent in. That's, yeah, kind of what I, I, I think there could be one of two purposes, and since you can't see stamina, uh, the, and actually, 
when you look at the controls, it, it's literally called the faint button. So I guess the flamingo oh. pose is also supposed to be a kind of faint, but it also does give you access to a different set of moves depending on which whether you if you do the tired thing, it is a thing that makes, it makes you tired. But if you uh, choose one of the different pose ones, then it does give you a slightly different selection of possible attacks. Yeah, the fainting thing is sort of interesting against a human opponent, I think, because it's like the you, you only the tired animations only apply when somebody is not actively kicking your ass. Um, so when they you're not going to see it until they stop fighting. So you could theoretically hold that L button bef like before you stop punching somebody and sort of lure them in, because if you're down on points and somebody else is really low on stamina, you're going to want to go in for the kill. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Fair so point. that's interesting. Did uh, did we ever cover the mystery of the three planes and like what the point of that even is? Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. Because if you hold R, if you if you push R, you switch which direction you're facing. If your right side or your left side is facing your opponent, but then if you hold R, you can move between three different lanes essentially, and it's really weird. So you can feel like you're playing Fatal Fury, but with one yeah, that's just so more. The the CPU did that to me a lot, and it, like there weren't a lot of moves that sort of crossed lanes. I think some of the kicks that you know go from side to side can, and that might be affected by your footing. But for the most part, switching planes seems to be like a way to avoid moves and damage. And it was really annoying trying to get on the same plane as the PC. Footing is one of the most important concepts I've noticed in this game because attacks will end up in different footings from where you started. So if you want to like string a combo together, uh, you'd have to think about your footing uh, quite a lot because attacks are different based on which foot is forward. Did we mention I how like doing a lot of jumping attacks can like unbalance you and you have like a few frames of like staggering? No, no, I mean like uh, which which uh, foot is leading uh, like when you just tap oh, R right, to swap right. poses. I was, I was referring to something different, like the, just the yeah. fact that you can get unbalanced. I think one of the reasons Lee is probably regarded as the, be the best character um, is that his uh, Y button or whatever is like very personal combo string uh, strings together in a way that he's constantly moving forward which facilitates you being able to rush down uh, the computer so you don't have to worry quite as much about uh, you know where your feet are going or your positioning you can just keep hitting the buttons so long as nobody's blocking and hope you don't exhaust yourself too much. So, thanks to the incredibly uh, thorough training mode, especially for this era, this might be the best training mode there is on the Super Famicom, um, they, they let us know that when you hold R, that lets you do attacks that cross the planes. Oh. Oh, I didn't notice that. Fuck. Yeah, if you hold R, you can do attacks that cross the planes, but it doesn't work as well as I think it should. It's a little um, sketchy. 
as far as hit detection goes. I always felt nervous holding R because I was devoting that time to moving my character and making myself vulnerable as I moved it to position. Yeah, because when you're moving planes, you can't block. Like, that's sort of an interesting trade-off. Hmm, I didn't, I didn't realize that, though. Like, that's... Hmm. Hmm. And, and, and even more that the game decided to tell us that. That's, that's also very impressive. Yeah, like, for a fighting game, like, of course, I can't read the language, so I don't fucking know what's going on, but it has a pretty good training mode. <laughs> I was not able to understand a lick of the Japanese, but I definitely understood the game a little better going through that training mode and just trying to work by doing. Yeah, that's not just text, but also an on-screen prompt that lets you know what the button oh. presses they're showing. It, it, like, like, wow, for, for Super Famicom era. Okay, interesting. Maybe like a Neo Geo game. I'm t- <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I actually I was thinking of the part where you create an edit mode character and you have to get past the sensei. So you're talking about something different. So that's cool. I didn't actually mess with that. Um, well, yes, if, as far as going through the different modes, if you want me to go ahead and do that. Yes, actually, because the FAQ is wrong. <laughs> Yes, yes. Okay, so we have a um, we have the top mode, which is t- tournament mode, which um, you uh, yeah it, you just go through whatever single player story. Uh, second option is is three v three, which you sort of like make a a little sort of tournament. It's still it's still one on one fights, but like there's three on one side with three on the other. Player one and computer, player one and player two. Uh, next option is the edit mode, where you can create a character. Um, and then you have uh, training, which has three levels, and then like a, a practice, uh, or it, it just says like for like a beginner test. So you can just sort of practice against the uh, the sensei. Um, and then and then we have uh, at the at the end sound test, so you can hear hear Neo Piz as much as you want. Right, there's a song called Neo Piz, <laughs> N E O space P I Z apostrophe. What's the apostrophe signifying here? It's I think it's an awkward inflection. It's signifying that that song's only for Piz Lords. <laughs> Neo Piz. Neo Piz. <laughs> Neo Piz. The Neo Piz was a great console. I just wish it didn't cost eight hundred dollars. <laughs> I wish it wasn't full of Piz. <laughs> God, cheese Piz. The problem was the games. Like two hundred dollars for a fucking game, and like, the games were only two hours long. This seems like the place to put it. To put this, since I didn't put it earlier, that that in Korean, uh, Lee's name is is water closet search engine optimization. Yeah, it's WC period SEO. What does that mean? Water I closet could buy a whole arcade board for two hundred dollars. <laughs> it all comes back to the Neo Piz. As he is the sensei, he is the master of Neo Piz. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I, I think that the one thing I really want to emphasize with this game that I, I actually really like this game above many other fighting games, especially the era. For me, because I'm not good at fighting games, I'm not good at inputting special combos, frankly. Uh, but what I, I like is that this doesn't have those. But also, it, it has a certain rhythm to it, which I really enjoy. The impacts feel very meaty. It feels like I'm doing something when I'm hitting a button. And 
there's a certain amount of randomness to it, which makes it feel more like fair, I guess. Like, I, I don't know. Like, if I'm playing against a computer and I get kicked in the face and I fall down, that's funny to me because I can fall down five times. You know, like, it's, it's one of my favorite fighting games, but I really like how impactful everything is. It's really the biggest thing. When I play Street Fighter and someone is wailing on me aggressively and I try to interrupt their combo with a little hit, I might get that hit in and then they just keep wailing on me. In this game, if I get them at the right time with a little hit, I can potentially knock them down and turn off their whole momentum, which feels very much like a real sparring match. Right. And like I, when I was playing against Tiger, like that, that I was, I, I did a lot of wailing in that. I was very aggressive. <laughs> but that's something that would happen once in a while is you, you would hit that button and I would just knock me down. I'm doing really great. And then I'm just, I got kicked in the balls and I would lose matches that way by being way too aggressive. It's interesting. It's just like the true dynamic of the most respected of the sport fighting arts worldwide. Taekwondo. It's just like Taekwondo. And like I said earlier, if anyone is listening to this and wants to play another similar game, uh, like I said, the UFC games that are on uh, PlayStation 4 um, are very similar, and they are just as Fuck the UFC. (laughs) Taekwondo only. I tried to find other Taekwondo games, and they don't exist, by the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's like Listen, ta- two. Taekwondo games don't let you break the fabric of reality and make CM Punk a good fighter. So, you know, <laughs> I got that. I'm sorry, Ooh. Punk, if you're listening. I I loved you as a wrestler, but let's be real, you were not a good fighter. We know CM Punk retired from WWE to listen to Super Nintendo Exploration Squad. I can't listen to this Exploration Squad when WWE's taking up all my time. It comes out every two in a, two weeks and maybe also never. <laughs> it's impressive because like he retired like a year before I think the podcast even launched. Maybe like two years. Amazing. He just, just know. the powers that giving you that are given to you by being straightage. Where am I? Um, your body <laughs> here. Your mind is clear. You know when new podcasts about the Super Nintendo were going to drop. CM Punk, the true path toward a clear and powerful body is Taekwondo, the most deadly serious killing art in all the world. Forget <clears throat> Jiu-Jitsu. Forget Muay Thai. Forget whatever else is in the arsenal of a modern UFC fight person. Shrug has already forgotten. Just do extremely big and fancy kicks and win on points. Stay in flamingo stance. Stay in flamingo stance at all times. And you can see purifies your body. Fancy kicks. And he is a philosopher poet. So fancy kicks have their place. Kicks are just the poetry of the body. John Milius. Directed the entirety of Conan the Barbarian from Flamingo Stance. And he <laughs> helped found the UFC. I believe this. 
<laughs> Cakes are just the poetry of the body is really good, though. <laughs> all right. I think we may have have gotten all we can out of gun. So I think it's time to move on to our next topic, which is, of course, uh-oh, what's that approaching? It's the salary man corner. 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 Um, I actually included a game this this time. Wow, I included a game this time. Hisatsu Pachiko Collection 4. Now, we played the first one of this game, actually. Uh, I don't remember it. And I played this game for two and a half minutes, and I played a pachinko table, whatever, board, for a while, and then I stopped. There's something much more interesting going on, though, so I'm going to leave it to everyone else to talk about this game. Hi, welcome to the Salaryman Corner. I'm Rudy. Uh... So, Hisatsu Pachinko Collection 4, uh, Hisatsu uh, can be translated as uh, murder, or in this case, probably closely, more closely to uh, knockout and sort of like a boxing setting, which goes along with Taekwondo. Um, Hisatsu Pachinko Collection 4 uh, has a very interesting story mode with very high-res graphics where you uh, wake up, you talk to your cat, uh, and then you play Pachinko, and then you go home and you sleep, and you just continue that because that's your whole life. That's so sad and really sad and also very sad. <laughs> oh, and also, and also if you go to the first pachinko parlor and talk to the girl behind the counter, she's got these huge fucking anime titties and they just bounce like ridiculously like fucking Dead or Alive 1 style jiggle physics. It's, it's hilarious. Rudy and I saw it last night and we just like busted out laughing. It was really good. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Oh, so this I is definitely a miss that. Man game. It's extremely horny. <laughs> In the way I really didn't think it was horny at first. It seemed pretty tame, just a little anime. Oh, and also there's a shirtless guy um, that you can talk to, and holy shit, his fucking nipples can take your eyes out. Ain't even kidding <laughs> on that one. I'm pretty sure those are pachinko pins. <laughs> Along with uh, Shrug's favorite of high-waisted Denny Clever pants. Oh my god, his, oh, his yeah. pants go halfway up his abs. Oh my god, I thought that was a shirt. Oh wow. I thought that was a shirt. I mean, I want to be really clear. He's wearing a jacket, a pink tie, high-waisted pants, and nothing else. There's no shirt underneath that, and you can definitely see the nipples. He's also got big red spiky hair. Like in a way, his hand is enormous. Well above his belly button, too. Yeah, like a seventy-nine-year-old man just wearing the highest pants. This guy, he's 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 rocking the Urkel right there. He's calling now. This is large Carlo. Sorry, this man is large Carlo. (laughs) Large Carlo. Uh, This guy looks like he's got to be some kind of JoJo XP. He looks like shit, Jojo. I mean, that's like all of them, though. Jojo on a bender. (laughs) Uh, Tiger, I love that you're playing this on real hardware. Yes. That's all. I just love it. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't understand why it looked like there was like a mother and daughter who appeared to be trying to run away from you as fast as they could. 
I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense in the context of person wakes up, talks to cat, plays pachinko, goes to bed. Yeah, I mean, they're running away from you as fast as they could because you fell asleep on the train and uh, uh, you smell like uh, cigarettes and yesterday's uh, cheap sake. Yes, yes, but they came to the pachinko parlor and, and they're just like, so like each day at the pachinko parlor, there's there's a couple different uh, uh, staff attendants. I don't we don't know how many. I've I've seen at least four. Um, but then you also get to talk to some random person that maybe gives you a tip. But in this case, it's just um, a, a, an an upset mother or uh, uh, maybe gender neutral and their their uh, child going um uh g- going like hey do your best at pachinko goodbye. They don't look like they're saying, do your best, either. They look like they're saying, please get away from me forever. Maybe no, see, that's maybe, how they say that. Maybe what's going on is that uh, they are your family, and you've abandoned them to the temptress of Pachinko. Ah, uh, yes. And you're so uh... far gone that all you can hear coming out of their mouth is, do your best at Pachinko, and not the cries and wails of for you to return home. <laughs> and one day, one day they hope that you'll your eyes will clear of the cigarette haze and you will look around at yourself and see that your life has become a wreck, that you are a human <laughs> disaster. You have become the salary man. My, my family is on the land, but the sea is my mistress. Also, the sea is pachinko. Please kill Is it me. okay to pick up girls in a pachinko parlor? No. no. Absolutely not. Definitely not. <laughs> Quick answer to that. What is this? Did something happen after you spend a bunch of time in this game? Because I heard echoes and whispers of something weird happening after like 90 days or something. You win. Uh, I posted the win stream. You get to see Squirrel Girl jumping for join. Oh, that's what that was. So you just have to survive 90 days? Yeah, so in the story mode, you can you can just shoot it, it's it actually has like a fair amount of death but who knows how much of that even matters because then you're just playing pachinko but um you can choose to advance the time one hour each day um which as far as we could tell just changes changes the time of day outside your window and for the uh and for the choose location graphic which is nice that there's both a, a morning daytime uh afternoon evening uh nighttime cycle for all those uh and i guess what wait so you're saying this is the steep slope sliders of pachinko games (laughs) absolutely is there Um, is there different pachinko parlors based on time of day because i only really made it to the two from what we could tell there's at least one more pachinko parlor because there was one uh board that you could not access from those first two first two parlors so maybe if you got if you collect enough points or who knows however who knows how much time you'd have to figure out to figure out the intricacies of this, but based on the different days and maybe different times, uh, the people you meet and the shop clerks are different. So uh, the the third shop clerk, there, there's a, also sort of a there's big booby girl, there's a shirtless man, there's there's sort of a a, a magical girl one, and then there's um, a big breasted ninja shonen protagonist with uh, like a shonen deep voice. Yes, um, so it, it's like a really, it's interesting to see something like that in the context of a 1996 pachinko game of 
uh, this very, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it, so I can't think of the best way, so I'll say the worst way I can say it, like gender ambiguous character. Hmm. Interesting. Um, fuck. I was going to say something, but I, then I got distracted. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got distracted, Rudy. <laughs> While you were talking, I'm sorry. So like, this was my first pachinko game and it strikes me that there's a lot of other game around playing the game of pachinko. And I do That's not understand pachinko. I mean, there's nothing to understand about Pachinko. It's a very extremely glorified slot machine that is technically legal because it has an element of skill, but that element is so watered down. It doesn't, it's just gambling. It's just gambling. So it's like when you, that they have to build a game around it because Pachinko isn't interesting to do when there's no money involved. Like it's, it, which is why I don't understand why people play slot machine games on their phones. I don't get it. Why are you doing this? You're not winning anything in real life. You're not losing anything in real life except your time. I don't get it. Somebody please explain this to me anyway. <laughs> well, sometimes you want uh, a JPEG of a rare character. So you spent $2,000 on your uh, Gachapon game and then you don't get it and uh, you've ruined your life and your family is calling out saying, please do well at Gachapon. <laughs> Sometimes you really want Caustic to look like he's wearing the Matrix. Oh, God. I mean, I feel bad for people who get addicted to, like, gacha games because I think that the, the practices there are so unethical and, like, it's so fucked up. But what I don't I mean, it's it's literally the same as gambling. It's, like, literally yeah. just addiction to, like, the stimulus of flashing lights uh that happen occasionally. It's 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 just Skinner box game design. Yeah, it's 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 truly awful. This is why it, there are days when I'm like burned down video games. They must all be destroyed. But then you know I play Taekwondo. Um, I think. Going to say we're getting a bit close to a Jim Sterling podcast here. <laughs> Look, well, I don't, uh, don't want to be that. Uh, well, since we had two of the two of the cast members ask me to ask me this before we started. Um, so here's the basic way how pachinko works in the, in the real world. Um, so you 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 uh, in the you what? put your money in the machine. You you, uh, you you collect your balls. Whatever balls pay out, then you take that to the counter and you can select it for a selection of prizes. Sometimes cigarettes. But what you want are these nondescript pieces of of uh, of colorful plastic. And then you take that colorful plastic uh, out the, out the door. Across, usually right across the street, there's a there's what's called a tuck building. TUC. It's a just this little stand, and magically you can change those useless pieces of plastic into cash from this completely unrelated company. And if you've ever played Pokemon and you've gone to the game center, it's that. So... Or if you've played Dragon Quest and gone to the casino, it's that. Wait, saying... I could get a real Porygon. Holy yes. shit! <laughs> Are you saying that? There's been a safe and legal way for me to collect balls all this time. <laughs> and I didn't know. I don't know. Pachinko doesn't seem very safe. <laughs> I, I mean, you'll get lung cancer. Okay. Um, let's move it on. is curious. What, I don't know what happens if you just like walk out with your giant tray of ball bearings. You just carry that out the street and then throw sure. it on the floor. Hold on. The <laughs> ball bearings are mine. Not, like internal, like the ball bearings come out of the machine. 
Yep. Oh, that is what, how how are like pachinko parlors not just like in a constant state of slapstick comedy? People tripping <laughs> on balls on the on the floor all the time. Just Home Alone, the casino version. <laughs> people are conscientious and careful with their balls because they can turn their balls into special treats. Don't spill your balls. Don't let people I'm step just on imagining your balls. Unless that's your thing. I, if I lived in proximity to a pachinko parlor, I would literally have a collection of just steel balls. Right. I would well, never give okay. them back. We just gave Sega a new idea for a weapon for Yakuza 7. <laughs> Actually, wait. Is Konami listening? Uh, I hope so. I couldn't decide. Before the end of that sentence, I had to decide if I was going to say, <laughs> I hope so or I hope not. <laughs> Okay, let's, okay, remember, <laughs> Pachinko, it's a distant memory, a smoke-filled haze, you, you can't even recall. We were talking about Taekwondo. I hate to do this. Wait, I have one more I, I, thing about Salary Man. Okay, okay. Yes. longest yeah. Salary Man corner ever. It really is. No, okay, Ramona first, then Rudy. Uh, nobody mentioned that the woman at the Pachinko parlor with the child resembles Sailor Uranus. And it made me sad to think that the Sailor Scouts have fallen on hard times and developed a gambling problem. <laughs> okay, that was it. This isn't the first time that uh, one of these Salaryman games had clear stand-ins for the Sailor Senshi. Yeah, I guess it's Would, not. One of our favorite emojis. They were used as character reference for many years. One of our favorite uh, emoji in this very uh, Discord is, in fact, from... A Sailor Moon from a Mahjong game, but it's clearly Sailor Jupiter. Clearly horny Sailor time, Sailor Moon time, Sailor Jupiter time. So okay, we well, need to have I, a discussion about the resemblance to Sailor Jupiter in that emoji after this podcast. Um, this article from the Japan Times uh, dated, dated, what the fuck? Ah, December 2nd, 2017 is titled... Pachinko parlors are losing their balls while Japan considers a cashless economy. Sadly, it's not about them. It's not about them literally losing their actual physical balls. Speaking of harm coming it's to balls, should we just about It's Rudy had they're like the the effects that various laws that have been passed and that are in consideration have on pachinko parlors economically. It's not about people just stealing pachinko balls en masse. Yes, they, it is a castration reference. Castration, that funky nation. Alright, Rudy, tell me, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to mention it would be it would be remiss, but given given the cast of this, this podcast and listenership, not to mention that there's a really cute cat in your apartment that just hops around and meows oh, yeah. at you. I just wanted to watch that cat all day. I did watch that cat, like, instead of actually playing Pachinko, I just slept for 90 days and uh, watched that cat while taking naps. I like that. My favorite gambling game is Caesar's Palace on the Game Boy, and what you could do is walk into the, the casino, and they would give you chips for your cash automatically in a cutscene, and then you could cash out all of your chips, and then it would they'd call you a taxi. That, that, is the, <laughs> that would be my Vegas experience. Amazing. I'd walk in, and then go, this is too much, and leave. <laughs> Um, okay, speaking of balls and their destruction. Home. Replacement parts. Balls. 
No one ever <laughs> seems to have enough of these 11 millimeter steel engraved pachinko balls. Imported from parlors in Japan, these oh, balls God. are brilliant, clean, and rust free. Only forty-three dollars like... for five hundred gold pachinko balls. Oh my God, that's a lot. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about our next Taekwondo topic, which is, of course, investigation. Just like GameSpot, just like. Giant Bomb always does. Investigation is their scoring metric. Thirty-nine fifty for five hundred just steel, eleven millimeter pachinko balls. Can you just bring those into a, a pachinko parlor and just get money? Like, can you? Whatever. Okay, just sneak them <laughs> in, the in your exchange tape. rate doesn't work. Just a big a sack of balls. Never just a sack. I mean. Yeah, I got 500 balls in my pocket. I'm, like, rattling around, but they're not going to be able to tell. My jacket's heavy as hell. Um, I've got 500 <laughs> balls in my pocket, and I'm off to play Pachinko. <laughs> okay. Investigation. Podcast. We're talking about Taekwondo. taekwondo. I also quit the podcast. Hey, everyone. <laughs> taekwondo, please, please. What well, do we have for investigation? <laughs> okay, so, um... I looked up, I was trying to find out, so there's not a lot of games about Taekwondo, but what if there were a lot of characters who use Taekwondo? In fact, someone said the reason no character in Virtual Fighter uses Taekwondo is because, quote, there are too many people who know Taekwondo and Virtual Fighter is going for less known martial arts like karate. Less known martial arts like karate. What well, the I'm, fuck? I'm adding the last part, but it said like, oh yeah, you know, all the other, unlike Taekwondo, all of the other martial arts in that game are very obscure. Oh, Much more like obscure. karate. Karate. But like Lucha Libre. <laughs> yeah, isn't Wolf just a wrestler? So, I, and, and they were saying, oh yeah, all the Tekken people know it. So I was curious, like, how many people in other games know Taekwondo? And so Giant Bomb, conveniently, has a list of them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, lay it on us. What's interesting? (laughs) So there's this guy named Bake. Bake? I'm so sorry, people who know how Korean is is pronounced. I am so sorry in advance here. Um, Bake Dusan. Yeah, Bake Dusan from Tekken, who, who apparently, according to that, Comment is a whole bunch of Tekken characters because he seems to be the only one. On, I guess there's like three characters on this list. There's a dude named Durga who is an ex mercenary turned bounty hunter from Anarchy Reigns. Durga? Why does that Everyone's sound favorite fighting game. There's a guy named Gang Il who is Kim K. Fuan's instructor, and I have no idea what game he is from. Oh, Durga is the most popular incarnation of uh, Devi and one of the main forms of the goddess Shakti in the Hindu pantheon. That's probably why I know the name, not from a fighting game, honestly. Gang Yo is from uh, King of Fighters. We're like like King of Shiters. I'll get fucking dunked on, SNK. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, we got Hong... Hung Young Sung, I think it's pronounced Yun Sung, 
Martin is a character from Soul Calibur. He appeared in Soul Calibur 2, and I don't remember him despite playing a lot of Soul Calibur 2. I mean, isn't Soul Calibur a lot of weapon styles? He has... I'm looking this up. Does Taekwondo have weapons? He's got a fucking sword. They're just just saying he knows Taekwondo because he's Korean? I mean, he probably does does Taekwondo moves for the... They probably give him Taekwondo moves. But Taekwondo is a fucking modern sport, isn't it? He looks like he has a sword, too, which is not yeah. typically a Taekwondo that sounds... thing. Namco, that sounds a little racist. Maybe you should have, uh, you know, had some sensitivity readers for that. You know, Wikipedia I'm, I'm... says that weapons training is not te- traditionally part of Taekwondo, but oftentimes Taekwondo is incorporates weapons from other styles, such as the Jongbong, a.k.a. Bow Staff, or Eskrima Sticks, or Short Stick, or this the Three Seconds Staff. This is just a cutlass. He's just holding what appears to be a cutlass. He's and, holding and a the, Chinese style, and uh, I looked up on the Soul Calibur wiki, uh, he apparently yes. mostly does a bunch of swift kicking combos, and the sword, I guess, is mostly decorative. He, it yeah. does say that he his, uh, it's reminiscent of Taekwondo on the Soul Calibur dot fandom.com wiki okay. that's the only mention of taekwondo so that feels like a stretch <laughs> so so going on down the list there's i'm gonna say this is probably pronounced how rang from uh tekken wrong wrong okay wrong okay i was completely how wrong. wrong were you haha <laughs> uh, hi i'm also the tekken expert that's don't, good don't, don't ask me to actually play it against expert players though we got the most important, one of the most important people on the list, Jury from Street Fighter. Bachelor's favorite oh, yeah. character, she because you could see her feet all the time. She does a lot of flamenco stance. Don't talk shit about Bachelor, he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> I'm not talking shit. This is just a lawn-running uh, kayfabe. Wait, is this a feet fetish thing? Yeah. Yes. Hi, I'm Hashray, the new person who needs everything explained to him. (laughs) Bachelor's not old enough to drink, so he needs another vice. And it's feet. So, anyway, anyway, we get... Oh, there's another good one coming up, but not this guy. This is Kim Kefuan? Kim is a Taekwondo master. He enters tournaments to prove his martial art is the best in the world. This looks like a SNK guy, but it doesn't say if he is. So... King of Fighters. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, he was he he debuted in Fatal Fury too. I think a, um, X enters martial arts tournament to prove that their martial art is the best martial art is like fifty percent of all fighting character backgrounds. Well, I mean, in the early nineties, that's sort of what uh, a lot of uh, like that was pretty much what K one was was actually putting all these different uh, martial arts styles against each other. I mean, that involved in UFC because it turned out Brazilian jiu-jitsu destroyed everything. Yeah. Well, it destroys everything. It destroys everything within the current rule set of... I imagine that might have something to do with other martial arts tending to have more rules to their fights. Well, K1, at the early days of... the early 90s, late 80s and early 90s of K1, there kind of wasn't any rules outside of don't kill the guy. My favorite rule, don't kill the guy. 
Okay, so here's another good it was, one. You know, they should that, just let John that, Milius stay running UFC to this day, and they would have had a tiger pit by now. But and, yeah, K1's lack of rules is why Genki Sudo fought Butterbean once. <laughs> Genki Sudo being like, what, uh, 150 pounds at most, and Butterbean being literally like three times his size. QB playing Butterbean by Man Man. Excuse John me, I have Milius, to go look up a fight. <laughs> Milius had stayed in charge of UFC. I guess he was more of an advisor than ever really in charge. He should have become king of UFC. Every fighter would now have cigars. There would be guns, tiger pits, fish hooking, eye gouging. All the good stuff that viewers crave. So basically the modern gladiatorial arena. John McCain would have had a heart attack like 10 years ago. Met good in the world. <laughs> and we wouldn't have Dana White as UFC president. Go fuck yourself, Dana. Here, here. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, so my researching. Uh, per show, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I, I, figured, I got, I got yeah. one more on this list that I really have to share. Yeah. Ko Lefo, one of the three. You can say it now. It's <laughs> it's okay. You can say it. We'll let you. We'll let you say it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, when you're ready, man. <laughs> yeah, whenever you're ready. <laughs> one of the three playable bouncers from, from the bouncer story mode. That's what I wanted to say. Hey, someone from the bouncer. I know. I know someone whose Hi. favorite game that is. I cannot believe you skipped King. King is a fighter and tough guy. Oh, right. King is a fighter and tough guy. Is King, King is a fighter and tough guy. Is King a man with a tiger face, or is he nope. a tiger with a man body? Well, he doesn't have a tiger face. It's it's a jaguar face, typically. I think he might have variants. Oh, excuse me, face. Mr. Cat Connoisseur. <laughs> a, uh, King sorry, is literally just... Sorry, get serious. For a King second. is literally uh, just a Gwyn saga, just Gwyn from the Gwyn saga, but as a wrestler. Yeah. Or who can forget Rig, the famous Rig from De who first appeared in Dead or Alive Five, skilled in the art so of Taekwondo. He has developed his own unique moves during his time on the show <laughs> Rig, where he worked. I with can't stay much longer. I want to hear. Has no knowledge of his real name or where he came from. Classic character oh Rig, your everyone's favorite character, Rudy's favorite, Tulpa's favorite. <sighs> All right. <laughs> um. By the way, it turns out that Human Entertainment made a game called Hoverboard Airboard. Fuck, Airboard sixty four. I really want to play it. Hey, thanks, thanks, uh, thanks, Vassal Kenya. So I'll let you know. Uh, there was a list of. The top 30 Super Famicom uh, human entertainment developed or published games. Um, and Taekwondo came in at number 16. <laughs> how did right that happen? That's incredible. 30 developed and published games at least by human entertainment. Incredible. Incredible. Um, I am curious about the end of human entertainment because the last game they published was in 1999 or 2000. 
Well, speaking of the end, like we didn't cover it in, in the previous category, so now would be the time to talk about the end of uh, Taekwondo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so this, I... so this no. also relates back to uh, our our, uh, our gun and like talking about the stamina and all that, but I, I was like, hmm, maybe I'll just hold on to this. So um, in the last fight, uh, your opponent... Uh, Kicks the referee into the in, into the chest, breaking the uh, scoreboard, um, and then you have a typical uh, fighting game b- battle, and you actually have a visual representation of the stamina bar that's been hidden from you for the entire game and in every other mode. Yeah, I watched that video, and I do remember this from when I was a kid because I'm relatively certain I beat this game or at least got to the end boss uh, in with an edit mode character. Which, by the way. That the game gets much easier as you progress because you get more points. Um, but yeah, I, I love that you can see the stamina bar and it lays bare the stamina mechanic, which is that hitting and missing takes the same amount of stamina as hitting and connecting. Uh, your stamina slowly, very slowly recharges if you're not doing anything but moving. Uh, and some moves take more than others and getting hit takes a lot. So you can see the stamina. It's really interesting. And for the the the, sto- the story has something about um about three evil Taekwondo brothers that are gonna take you out, um, and and you and you face them throughout the game. Uh, the, the final the final uh tournament actually takes place in Pyongyang, so which is that's that's interesting. That takes place in in North Korea, uh, when there's when there's no North Korean uh contestants at least in the Japanese version. There's only one Korean contestant at that. Interesting. So this is kind of like a Rocky Four thing. Does Rocky Four end with like you you beat the evil the evil Taekwondo old, oldest brother and then it just cuts to black credits? I mean, basically, <laughs> it's your character standing up and telling uh, Kim Jong Un, "If I can change, and if you can change, maybe we can all change." And then Hearts on Fire plays again in the background. Also, a man has sex with a robot. Well! <laughs> oh, God. Um... <laughs> I really feel like Mickey should have been the one who had sex with the robot. But maybe, I guess it was too late. Anyways, Femi uh, really gave this game a, uh, a, a 6866 six, six for a, a 26 rating uh, at the time. And um, according to this uh, article, uh, Femi, uh, uh, Family Computer Magazine uh, gave, it a, a, gave it a total score of 21.5, but we actually have a, games, a game pro style breakdown. Um, so, uh, so, so a character quality... It gave it a three point four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that tracks. That sounds right. I guess Wait, I mean, these are all out of five. Four out of what? Oh, out of five. Oh, I thought it was out of ten. Wait, what's wrong? What does character <laughs> quality mean? I thought it was out of five. I, I think three point five sounds good. Hey, I am I'm live translating. Like this is pretty much what the meaning is. So your your guess is also as good as mine for what this <laughs> means. Uh, it gave it a three point five for sound. Um, for value for your money, it gave you a three point three, which um if you give me a second I'll look up what I think the retail price was eight thousand six hundred, so about eighty six dollars or, or and at the time Whoa. it would have been about a hundred dollars. 
fuck, that's a lot of money for this. Damn. Yep. You gotta be. You gotta really love Taekwondo to get this damn game. This is <laughs> this is like six months before the freaking Saturn comes out. Yeah, and everybody knows the Saturn was where it was at. <laughs> In Japan, it was at that point. Oh, I don't fucking know. I know nothing. Like half a year. Like this feels like an educational title that like a sensei might recommend to his students. You know, to try and connect to the kids these days, what play those video games? Gotta learn how to do the flamingo stance. He sounds like that. We'll get the, the other three qualities are equally uh, baffling. We have a, uh, <laughs> we we have a, uh, uh, I guess I would translate as build quality, which they gave it a three point mm. five. Passion, which gave it a three point nine. <laughs> I mean, you can hey, feel bro. the passion of this game. If you're gonna make a game about throwing kicks with your butt, you gotta have passion. <laughs> you gotta have passion. And our 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 final one was originality, which it gave it a four. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. I I don't think there have been very many games about. I mean, we've established there's like no Taekwondo yeah. games. Is there any game that works exactly like this game that you anyone here can think of? I think four might be a little low. There's, I guess original in the game space, but it is something that tries to emulate something real. Is that something you would consider original? I don't know. If I tried to write a novel about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is that original? I don't know. Uh, Karateka is a... What did you say? Yeah, that's right. Karate? <laughs> no, the mantis. Car... Car... Car- car- okay, it's French, right? Karate. No. <laughs> oh God! I'm sorry. The game I about, love it. The game about the boy that does the karate made Punching by the Prince of Persia man. Made by the Prince of Persia boy. He was but a lad at the time. Is an authentic one-to-one recreation of the an average day in the life of somebody who does. The Japanese martial art known as care carry ta tea carry tea carry tea <laughs> okay I think we may have I think we may have <laughs> tapped this one out is there a wizard in that game and karateka karate I mean there's a wizard karate. in karate a karate wizard. Karate knows there's a wizard in karate. And his name is Ralph Macchio. <laughs> uh, Ralph Macchio should have gotten the Oscar. God damn it, you're right. <laughs> Who did get the Oscar? All right. Um, <laughs> okay, I want, <laughs> I want to move on to our final topic, which is, of course, Revelation. Wait, hold on. There's a secret topic. What's happening? This hasn't happened in months. Rudy? It's not my fault. We- it's Rudy's fault. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Rudy, what's our secret topic? Our secret topic is a ch 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 challenge round. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have the panel. Uh, I'm going to ask the panel a, a A or B question, and then we're going to see how much of the panel gets it right, how much of the panel gets it wrong. The, the winners will be banned to an island for 20 minutes. <laughs> 
And then we'll the pick winners? you up. It'll be great. Okay. <laughs> Based on my incredible research of uh, looking up on Yahoo auctions and various other Japanese websites, I want to ask you between between Taekwondo or Tenkondo, uh, according to the Japanese pronunciation, and Hisatsu Pachinko Collection 4, which is worth more? Hisatsu. Pachinko, yeah. Hisatsu. The Taekwondo. I also think it's probably Taekwondo. I, uh, like to think of the Pachinko game as being weighted with uh, all those many balls inside of it, so I'll go with that one. The credible answer may surprise you. It is Tin Kondol, because ha! there are two listings for it, which are cart only, and there are zero listings for Isatsu Pachinko Collection 4. <laughs> God damn it, Rudy! <laughs> That's... <laughs> See, technically, that means Isatsu is priceless. But, oh, but my further research going to uh, retro video game websites, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find a boxed copy of Tin Kondo anywhere. But a boxed copy of Hisatsu Pachinko Collection Four will set you back a full three hundred yen. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh my god! Which Rudy? How much is that in, in American dollars for the audience if they don't know the exchange rate? About two fifty. So you're buying Hisatsu Pachinko for everyone on this podcast, right? <laughs> how much is a round of Pachinko? Yeah, like how much? I don't. How much is forty balls or like a hundred balls? No um, knows. usually you can usually uh, like you know, it's it's just like any other gambling. Like there's general different price ranges, but like the standard is pretty much you put in a, a thousand yen note, which is about ten, roughly ten dollars. And then that gives you uh, usually roughly around three hundred balls to three hundred balls to to uh, turn a nev- turn a lever and then slowly watch de- deplete. <laughs> that sounds that sounds about fair. That sounds about right to me. <laughs> I really like this challenge round, by the way. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I'm very stoked for this segment to come back in the future. I like it. Yeah, same. Love it. You know, I don't try to go through my life being right about everything, but it's just how things seem to work out. (laughs) Oh, Chris. All right. We're going to move on to our final topic, which is, of course, Revelation. Uh, Revelation is where we give our bottom line reviews of this game. If you don't know what a bottom line review is, I am sorry for you. My bottom line review of Taekwondo is... Taekwondo is slapping a big steak on your cutting board over and over until you have 100 points. Four stars. Taekwondo is the perfect game to give you that feeling of screwing around in Street Fighter or after you know how to play Street Fighter well enough that you're not just screwing around anymore. Taekwondo is the only CBT simulator on the Super Nintendo. I don't mean cognitive behavioral therapy. (laughs) I don't get it. I get it. I just added myself as getting it. I'm surprised Ramona is not laughing along with me. Crushing oh, the I am. Testicles? It's just that this is um, 
this is a push to talk podcast. Uh, <laughs> push to laugh. Push to laugh. Yeah, I do that a lot. <laughs> you can't. You can't hear me. You can't hear me commenting on all this penis talk. I'm too. I'm too pure to understand oh. this joke. You got to push to cock, Ramona. I get it. That, okay, I'm not gonna speak those words. <laughs> yeah, I keep pressing and it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's my bottom line because I won most of my battles through low blows. CBT. <laughs> I have two, so I'll I'll do I'll do the real one first. Uh, uh, Taekwondo is uh, bridging international relations between Japan and Korea. Uh, Taekwondo is backyard wrestling for people who really love rules and kicks and kicks Taekwondo is a deadly serious killing art and system and also the lost fucking bridge between cinematic platformers and Street Fighter Oh, I like that. Taekwondo uh, is 19 fighters, except one is Sephiroth. <laughs> Taekwondo is a great way to get your kicks. Taekwondo ah. should have had John Milius as the final boss. Well, now mine's not going to be as funny. Taekwondo is uh, water closet search engine optimization. <laughs> <laughs> God, that was really funny. <laughs> I like that. Is toilet Google? <laughs> oh God! Taekwondo is kicking a dude in the face and watching him crumple to the ground and laughing, just laughing. So you're saying is a deep examination of toxic masculinity in the martial arts. <laughs> And, as always, Taekwondo, it's not Chuck Rock. Uh, wait, it's not even more shit. Rock. It's not even Butt Rock. That's it for this podcast. Um, hey, everybody, where can people find you if they want more of you? Uh, you could find me on Twitter as Memorius Tulpa. You can find me on the wonderful Dungeons and Dragons podcast, No Rangers Allowed, in which I am the dungeon master, and Shrug is one of the players. Uh, and you can find me, I hope to do this more often, uh, streaming on Twitch, which I haven't done in a couple of years, I think, as Tupler, T-U-P-P-L-E-R. I'm Automatic Tiger. You can find me on Twitter as Automatic Tiger. And you can also find me occasionally on this stream. I swear one day uh, there will be another episode of it uh, hosting the Book of Mega Drive podcast, which is like this show, but for Sega crap. Um, you can find out a little bit more about that on its neglected Twitter feed, Book of Mega Drive. Hi, I'm Ramona. Find me online at LonelyFrontier.net. Find me on Twitter at LonelyFrontier. I am also on Book of Mega Drive. Listen to it someday. Um, 
Oh, uh, hit me up on itch.io at aquanautsholiday.itch.io. I just released a new video game. You should play it. Thank you. Bye. Ramona's new video game works on a Game Boy, and that is awesome. Oh, so je m'appelle Haché. Uh, that's French for H-A-C-H-E. Uh, you can find me on the select button forums as Haché. And sometimes, occasionally, once in a blue moon, I also make video games at hashay.games. Hi, I'm Rudy. You can find me on another podcast. If you like me talking about video games here, you can like me talking about how they're the worst thing to happen to society on Hinge Problems, uh, which is at hingeproblems.com. And I'm also Rudy and Tokyo Rude all across this great internet. I'm Shrug. I'm Shrug on the forums. Uh, I practice the deadly, serious killing art of uh, butchering the pronunciation of foreign languages, but only for me in my head, because you can't hear my voice on Twitter at Shrugopolis. I'm on No Rangers Allowed, uh, being kind of herded by Tulpa. I'm here probably far more often than I should be. Uh, I don't have any video games at shrug.itch.io. I have some pen and paper games that need some work. Oh, well. They're good. Don't listen to Shrug. A notorious liar about the quality of his own works. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, I I needed to to check the uh, the single player one you've put together because that seems awesome. I haven't ever played a single player tabletop RPG. All right, um, I've been Vasilcania. Uh, you can find me on the select button forums as Vasilcania. It's like Castlevania, but you switch the C and the V. It's technically it's called a spoonerism. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter at the same name. Yeah, Vasilcania. I'm just going to be a Pokemon and say my own name forever. Here's the part. Where I tell you what you can do to help us. If you like this podcast, spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your referee destroying Taekwondo opponent. Tell that asshole with the giant scissors standing right behind you. Or just tweet about us. Uh, the only way people find out, uh, out about us is through word of mouth. I'm not advertising this shit. <laughs> you can rate and review on iTunes. I guess that's supposed to help. I hear that on other podcasts. I don't know. Uh, we have a website. You can find it at snes.zone. That's snes.zone. Has links to our Twitter feed, which is where you can vote for games. You vote on Twitter. Uh, there's short bios for everybody. Uh, Hashe, remind me to get a bio for you. Uh, social media links, things like that. Uh, yeah, that's a thing. If you want us to read something out on the podcast, and I might, I need to start doing calls for action here. I, I'd like you to email us and we could read you shit. Uh, so, but yeah, you could, it's at SNES at SNES.zone. SNES at SNES.zone. You could tell us what you think about the podcast. Give us a review for the game we're playing or just generally berate us. It's really, really cool. Tell us how we're wrong. I need to know. We love it. We need to do a professional correction section, like every professional podcast. Yeah, it's like I just want, I just want CBT for opinions. Um, finally, we have got <laughs> we've got a Patreon page. <coughs> oh, I'm dying. We've got a Patreon page. You can find it at bankaccount.zone. Thanks, Rudy. Um, you can sign up for as low as a buck. And I'll let you in the Discord because fucking nobody signed up. I don't know. Hi to Patreons. 
I love you. Hi, two patrons. Um, you can also dictate games for us. You can even start on the podcast yourself. You'll probably get to if you join the Discord because I don't fucking care. And at any tier, I'll send you random messages because I love you. Again, that's bankaccount.zone. As always, for inane video game discussion, jump into the selectbutton.net forums. It's a great place for nerds like us. So we're going to find out what the next three games you get to vote on are. You ready? Are you, are you, is everybody ready? Coins ah, ah, are girded. I'm buckling my seatbelt. I'd rather you wearing on my shoes and not gird your loins. <laughs> Wait, All right. I'm seat belting my loins. Shrug, are your balls ready? I haven't stolen my balls yet. <laughs> Soon. Soon we will prepare the balls. All right, the first game is called uh, Majin Tensei 2 Spiral Nemesis. That's a spin-off. Oh, shit. Of, yep. <laughs> spin-off of the Shin Megami Tensei games, I guess. I don't know. Then. So that's that's an RPG. It looks good. Uh, it's only tactical Japanese. RPG. Huh? It's a tactics RPG. Oh, it's a tactical RPG. Oh, that's neat. Okay. I don't do research. Uh, <laughs> the next game is uh, Fune Tauro. It's a fishing game. It looks all right. I'm, I'm all right with it. Fishing. Let's do it. Fishing. We haven't had a fishing game. Fishing. Fishing. Actually, we did do fishing on the Earthbound cast, so, you know, whatever. But, uh... Yeah. This looks great. This looks super great. It looks beautiful. But then the last game is Arrow the Acrobat. What? Yeah, it's uh, a good selection. Uh... Okay, okay, that was the first, that was on the vote for the first uh, Book of Mega Drive podcast, and fortunately really? we didn't play it then, yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing if we both played the same game, by the way. <laughs> Here comes the Snake Explorers cleaning up the Book of Mega Drive's sloppy seconds. <gasps> hey, if anyone votes for Arrow the Acrobat, I will fucking kick your ass with some sick Taekwondo skills. Don't I cannot me. I cannot wait to vote for Arrow the Acrobat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, God. don't don't fuck with this podcast now. We are all highly trained killing machines. And we're all about that CBT. Alright, so if you want to vote, go to Twitter. When this podcast comes out. Uh, I'm going to put up a poll the second it comes out so you'll be able to vote. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. All right. And until next time, it's it's not Chuck Rock. I already said that. I got that out of the way. But it's not Street Fighter? It's not... Um, it's not Little Fury. It's not one of the numerous other fighting games that have the incredibly common martial art of of uh, Taekwondo as opposed to the more obscure martial arts like Karate seen in Virtual Fighter. It's not Yi'ar Kung Fu. Are there any other games that have a pancreation person other than Virtual Fighter? I don't think so, actually. No. Also, it's not Fighter Pro Wrestling. It's not Water Closet SEO. <laughs> it's not clock, clock Tower? It's not Clock Tower. It's not SOS. It's not The Fireman 2, another human entertainment game. It's not Monster how Party. You, how did you take that before I got the full title? <laughs> I just said it out loud because I read it earlier. <laughs>
it's not a Nomura Tadahiro, three-time a, a gold medalist in judo. It's not Genki Sudo, philosopher poet of the kick. It's not Laplace's demon or whatever the hell that's pronounced as. It Le Plus, I think. It's not Master Z's karate dojo. It's not recasting a turf in a key role. <laughs> it's not the English translation for Majin Tensei 2 Spiral Nemesis, one of the games that is on the vote. This text has been translated from Japanese into American English. Two patching formats are provided. Why and would you just read that out loud? <laughs> I'm just linking it for reference. Because it's, it's not a two foot tall trophy for second place and doing a and doing a martial and doing a uh, a, a, a systematic form of karate. Rudy, did you at any point when you played uh, Taekwondo recreate ten uh, year old you with Taekwondo bringing up you? How much stamina did you have at ten years old? How much attack? Not much and very little. <laughs> You were an edit character. Um, all of your points were in personality. Alright, and as always, it's not Chuck Rock. As always, thank you to Schnabubula for letting us use his incredible song playing Super Mario World while taking mushrooms for our theme song. Also, thanks to Bachelor for the amazing cover art that we have. Check him out at BachelorSoft on Twitter. And thanks to you for listening. Hey, remember when PETA made like a really bad parody of Mario Brothers 3 to um, do political commentary on the um, brutal uh, extinction of the Tanuki species? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do I remember that? Why is that in my memory break, memory banks? They did do they did do a Mario thing where there was you like crushed animals, didn't you? And then there was the Meat Boy one. I remember that. One. That was my favorite. Oh movie. fuck, really? You know, oh yeah, the Cookie uh, Mama. All of the eggs were filled with blood. Ha! I just remember I remember the Super Meat Boy one because that was all based on a campaign the creator of Super Meat Boy had done. Well, yeah, I think it was the other way around. Peter did Tofu Boy to spoof Meat Boy. And, and then Team Meat put Tofu Boy into Super Meat Boy. And the joke was that he was so anemic that he could barely make any of the jumps. <laughs> and both games sucked. <laughs> here, uh... here. Um, you can set the um, velocity so low on this game that the balls just come right back into the slot, and they pass through each other, of course. So that's fun. Is this the first time we've pre-podcast about Salaryman Corner? Maybe. Like, we actually were really lucky early on with our Salaryman games. Like, those Mahjong RPGs were incredible, and uh, then it was just like a long strain of really bad Salaryman games. <laughs> 
Yeah. And not having me or Sakurina around to tell you what's what. I almost like the Pachio Kun game. Like Pachio Kun was pretty cool. That's right. I'm I'm the reason it's it's good at all. Praise me. I, I'm <laughs> the guest. Thank you, boss. All right. I, I found out recently I have a butt problem. Um, there's a crack in it. God. <laughs> that's fucked fuck uh, up. What is a man? A miserable pile of butt problems. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. All right. Well, for Ramona, if you have a crack, I, I have a different podcast. It's called Hinge Problems. Hey-o. It's like a, it's like a, like a butt hinge. Okay. Yes. But yes. <laughs> everything hinges. It's a bad joke. Slide. All right. <laughs> I think a taekwondo expert broke into Kenya's home and attacked them for talking <laughs> their incredible sport. <laughs> no, Kenya was, was being so aggressive, and then he got hoofed in the nuts, and now he's out of stamina. <laughs> I will say the second uh, Taekwondo school I went to, um, I only went there for about a month and I quit, uh, which is good because the next month, the uh, Taekwondo instructor apparently took every everyone's money and disappeared, which I don't know how that Whoa! works because because it's just like I, I guess you people, uh, parents had prepaid or par- people had prepaid for X month of classes and then just uh, skipped town, I guess. Which I don't know. That's not technically a crime. It's a bad thing, but who knows. Is it not technically a crime to say, yes, I'll teach your child for three months and then take all the money and then not teach them for two of those three months? I think that's technically a crime. Okay. Kenny, it doesn't realize Craig is still recording, and I have this surprise final message that Kania doesn't even know is there. Hi, Kania. Craig's still recording. Can I make Craig leave? I don't know. If I make Craig leave, will will Craig be on mine? Secret recordings by me. More secrets. I came here.
Do we need to record more for that? Anyway, that's it for me. I'll be around. Maybe I'm the next explorer, we'll find out.